0: Through the internet, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, we're more connected to, the, to our world than ever at any time in human history, and yet I believe that people are as lonely today as they have ever been, and I think it's a real need that each and every one of us struggles with, and we look around and we say, well, they don't look like they're lonely. But in the end, we probably uh, are, are wrong. In fact, it says, a recent survey said that 46% of Americans uh, report feeling lonely sometimes or always. It's almost half. 68% of British people say they are lonely. In fact, the UK has now uh, made, developed a position called the Minister of Loneliness. Can you imagine that? Uh, One poll said uh, 65% of 12 to 17-year-old teens say they sometimes feel lonely. Loneliness is something that every one of us experience from time to time. It's interesting. They did a poll on retirement. And you would say, well, what, what is it that makes senior citizens when they retire feel fulfilled or happy? And you might think, well, having enough to live on and, you know, certainly being able to have enough for food and clothing and shelter is important. But they basically said the number one thing that is necessary for a person who is get, is retired is relationships, friendships. That is going to determine whether they're happy or not. So why is this true Um, why is it that we we're so connected we could pull our phone out and send a text or uh, a snapchat or instagram or uh, an email or whatever to a person and usually get a response back but we still feel lonely sometimes we're having a difficult time we we send them a, a message and say, hey, I'm having a hard time. I'm having a, a difficult meeting. I'm, I'm struggling with this. I'm, I'm having t-. And they say, I'll be praying for you. And they send you like a, a little heart or something like that. When in reality, what do we need? We need somebody to walk up to us and give us a hug, don't we? I mean, the emoji, emoji cons, uh, they just don't do it. Emojis just don't do it when you need a hug. Our society, and so, so what is going on with our society? My parents and your parents, uh, if you're close to my age, they grew up and demographically they stayed in the same area their whole life. They had extended family, aunts and uncles and parents and grandparents, and, and they stayed in the same geographical area. Why? Because transportation was difficult. We didn't have the highway systems that we have now. They didn't have automobiles where we go 65 or 70 or 90, depending on who's driving. So getting places was really difficult. But now it's rather easy. You you know, somebody who was in in my parents' day that flew, that was like, whoa, that's like super special. But today it's, it's kind of a... Yeah, I think I'll fly here. I think I'll go here. So, transportation has really shortened the world and and, and the country so people not only can get to different places, but they're moving. They're moving away from their hometowns, they're moving away from their family and the support that they used to get. And so, now you have to reestablish relationships every time you move. Another thing that's changed demographically in our culture is we change jobs. Uh, again, some people, uh, in my parents' generation, they, they did the same job their whole life. They retired, they got the, the, the retirement watch, and you know, for a job well done, and then they went into retirement. Nowadays, that's not the case. Today, the average number of jobs a person will have in a lifetime is about 12. I've been telling my children, my, my, my boys, because they're, they're in these different jobs, and they're saying, I think I'm looking to do a job change, and they're thinking this is, you know, a big thing. And I'm thinking, guys, you're going to probably do this a lot more times. It's just one decision of many. In fact, it's, it's estimated that with millennials... Uh, That they may change their jobs as many times as three, once every three years. That means every time you change your job, you'll have to reestablish new relationships at that company or wherever you're working. So we're disconnected from from where we grew up, we're in new towns, and then add to that that 25 to 40 percent of the people in the populations uh, would measure out to be more introverted. And again, introverted or extroverted is on a scale. You're not one or the other. It's kind of a a, 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 a moving scale. You you can tend to be more extroverted or more introverted. But if you're more introverted, making those new relationships is harder than for a person who is an extrovert. Is it any wonder why we feel lonely? Is it any wonder why we feel disconnected? Disconnected? Jesus, uh, or excuse me, God, when he created the heavens and the earth, it's very interesting what he says. He says this. Genesis 1 and 2, as you go through the days of creation, it says that there was evening and there was was a day and night and and God saw what he made and six times he says, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good. (laughs) In fact, on the seventh time, And this is Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. He says this, God saw all that he had made and he said it wasn't just good, it was very good. (laughs) It's like, man, that's good. That's really good. But then you come to Genesis 2. And Genesis 2 really focuses in on the creation of mankind. It kind of like dials into this this relationship of mankind. And and you see Adam, he's naming all the animals. And God says in Genesis 2.18, he says, the Lord said, it is not good. What was it that wasn't good? It wasn't good, he says, for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. And some, people, and some people say, well, man was cre- God's creation. Uh, this was humanity 1.0. And when God created the woman, it was 2.0, new and improved. <laughs> right? But here's, what, here's what's going on. We get caught up and we say, well, this is talking about the relationship between a man and a wife. And to a certain extent, it is. But it's bigger. You have to see it bigger than that. What's going on here is that God is creating companionship what what he's saying is it's not good for man not to have companions friendships we need friendships we all need friendships so let's not get caught up in this whole marriage thing that's not the point of the passage the point of the passage is that adam needed friendships both male and female and we all do so at the very from the very beginning Uh, We begin with community. Now, think about this. Biologically, we begin with community. A woman carries her child for nine, eight to nine months, and then she gives birth. This is like the closest community you could possibly have. So our whole life began with community, right? There's a human need that every one of us has, For community I find this quote by Albert Einstein very striking he says this this is Albert Einstein one of the smartest people of his day and this is what he says it's strange to be known so universally and yet to be so lonely it's strange to be known so universally yet to be so alone I think his words echo many many hearts many lives. So what do we do? What do we do? Our world has changed. We're able to travel. It has spread us out. It's harder to establish relationships. For some, it's even harder. And we know that it's necessary because God created the world and created our hearts for a need to have this companionship. So what do we do? Well, the best way to combat loneliness is is to develop healthy, supportive friendships. And this is in your notes here. Uh, we need to develop healthy, supportive relationships. Uh, now, what we have to do first, though, is we have to, do, we have to define what we mean by friendships. French, many people think, well, I have a lot of friends. No, you have a lot of acquaintances. Notice what Jesus did. Jesus fed 5,000. He trained 120 He discipled 12, and he mentored three, Peter, James, and John. They were there at the most important times of his life. In fact, they were there in the garden. And and Paul in Galatians says about Peter, James, and John, they became the pillars of the early church. They were his friends. Jesus had a lot of acquaintances, but he had three friends. Remember in the garden, he says, wait and pray for me. While I go over here, so you'll have a lot of casual acquaintances, but you will only have a few close friends, and it's important to understand that. Now you may be here, and maybe you're more extroverted than ext- or you're more introverted than extroverted, and you may say, "Well, you know, I I have a, 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 I'm married, and I have a spouse and." We're good and we have our friendship with each other and, and we're doing well. And, and that's great, but here's the point. Even you, even if you have this re- wonderful relationship with your spouse, you still need other friends. Let me give you two reasons why, if you are, because some, some are, are saying, you know, I don't need a lot of people, I have my family, I have my, my spouse, I'm good. But here's the problem with that. What happens when your spouse or if your spouse dies and you're alone? Now what? Let me give you a second illustration. What happens if you have an addiction or you have issues that you, you, you need help with? Your wife or your husband can't be the hard guy. They can't be your accountability partner. It's not fair for them to do that. You need an outside friend who can call you to the carpet, who can can say the hard things that your wife or your husband shouldn't have to say. You need those people in your life. So even though you may have a great, thriving, wonderful relationship, you need other people in your life. Well, how do we find a few good friends? This is in your notes. How do we find a good friend? And we, we may say, well, maybe I should go, look where should I look? And it's a wrong question. That you begin by starting, the starting point is being a good friend. You start by being a good friend. And then we often start our search by saying, well, where do I look? How can I find a friend? Where, sh- you know, what, what, what place should I go and all that? And those are all important questions, but that's really the wrong place to begin. You need to, if you want to find friends, you need to be a good friend. Well, how do we become a good friend? So I'm going to give you some traits, and they're not in your notes, but if you write them down, I think they'd be helpful for you. Uh, what are some traits of being a good friend? The first one is be a good listener. Become a good listener. Um, I have figured out in my own life that sometimes, maybe more than I care to admit, I'm not a good listener. Um, but I've, I've had other people who are, and they're amazing. But it's not something, it's not a gift, it's a, it's a, it's a practice. James says this, he says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry and and it's interesting because we do exactly the opposite at least I tend to okay so I'll admit it I'm quick to speak I'm <laughs> I'm not quick to listen <laughs> I'm quick to speak I'm quick to maybe get upset but I'm not a quick listener in fact think about it you think of people they're oh they're a hothead oh they're a big mouth But have you ever heard anybody describe uh, somebody as, oh, they're a quick listener? (laughs) What what does that mean? It means they're good listeners. Write this down. This is a great phrase. Listening is loving. Listening is loving. Sometimes we're so busy waiting for the person to get done saying what they're saying that we're not loving them. We're not listening to what they're saying. We're not hearing, not just the words, but what they're saying, what's behind the words. Now, again, this is not coming from an expert, because I am not an expert. Take a genuine interest in others. Ask them questions about themselves. Learn about them. People who, who give a monologue often find themselves alone. If you're just so busy sharing about who you are and talking about what you what's important to you, you're missing the point. Listening is loving. Uh, This is what Paul says in Philippians. Write this verse down. Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4. He says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to take the to the interests of others. Listen to the interests of others. Humble yourself. I like what somebody said as I was reading through a lot of material and thinking through this, I came across this phrase and I thought it was great. Be interested, not interesting. We're so busy trying to be interesting that we're not interested. You know, people picked that up right away. Think about this for a moment. When was the last time you had a conversation with somebody who was genuinely interested in you? Most of us would say, yeah, it's been a long time. Well, how about we be that person for somebody else? Be interested, not interesting. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5 says, The purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. Why can't every person in this room or watching online or at one of our campuses be that person that says, The waters are deep, but I am very good at drawing out what's going on in a person's life. I'm more interested in listening than telling people. Loving is listening. Secondly, be yourself. God made you you, and you have to be okay with that. The best way to begin a friendship is to be you. You need to be good with you. Don't try to be someone you're not. I know that's a risk. They may reject you. But notice what it says in Ephesians 2.10. We are God's handiwork or masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Just accept who God made you to be. It doesn't mean accept your bad behavior, but, you know, be okay with who you are, the way you look, the the way that God made you. He made you you. Number three, be consistent, confidential, and honest. I threw a bunch in here because I didn't want to get too really listy. Be consistent, confidential, and honest. Be a steady friend. Keep your word. Show up. Keep confidences. You know, one of the greatest things a person can do to be a friend is when they give you their word, when they say they'll be there, they're there. they keep their word, they show up. They keep confidences. Proverbs 18.24 says, One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. One of the best ways to destroy a friendship is to violate confidences when they're shared to you. You have a tro- problem with that? Is that why you're having a problem finding friends? Because you can't be a good friend that can keep confidences? Proverbs 11:13 says, "A gossip betrays confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret." That's Proverbs 11:13. Sometimes a friendship requires hard conversations. Are you willing to speak up? Are you willing to say what needs to be said in the right way that it needs to be said? One of the best illustrations of this, we don't have time to go there, but one of the best illustrations is in the book of uh, Samuel where David has sinned and Nathan the prophet comes to Daniel, or excuse me, David has sinned, and uh, Nathan the prophet has comes to King David and he confronts King David, but he does it by telling him a story. So he tells David what he needs to hear in the way that David can receive it. And, and when it comes to the punchline where, where he tells the story about this, sheep, this this sheep, this little ewe lamb, and the man who takes it from the family and kills it and, and gives it to his guest, David says, this man should. And Nathan says, what should happen to this man? And David says, that man should die. And I picture Nathan saying, it's you, David. And David immediately it just wrecked his life. I mean, he just saw He saw his sin. Do you have somebody in your life who can say those hard things to you? This, we're talking about deeper relationships. This isn't surface. How did your team do? You know, what's going on in, in the weather? This is a little deeper Paul puts it this way in uh, Ephesians 4, 15. He calls it, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is, the Christ. The way that we grow in the Christian life is we have people around us who can say those hard things that we don't want to hear but we must hear. The Bible in the Old Testament calls that iron sharpening iron. We all need those relationships. Do you have those relationships? So the first step in in taking this this loneliness thing and dealing with loneliness is to become a good friend. The second step is to discover uh, uh, or find a friend by discerning and choosing your friends wisely. Choose your friends wisely. Um, You're gonna have a wide range of of acquaintances. But our close friends must be carefully chosen. I mean, it says in the Bible, Jesus ate and drank with sinners, right? Those weren't his inner circle, though. (laughs) They were his acquaintances. There's a big difference. He had an inner circle. Let me give you a few groups of people that you need to avoid. Avoid hotheads who like like to argue and people who like to gossip. Avoid them. Again, I'm not saying that you can't have them as acquaintances, but they should not probably be your inner circle friends. If they're hotheads, they like to argue. Because here's why. You'll begin to model the people that you hang around with. If they're angry, you're going to find yourself angry. If they gossip, you're going to find yourself being drawn into that. If they like to argue, you'll be drawn to that too. Bring people around you. Don't bring people around you who are negative and critical and angry. Proverbs chapter twenty verse three says, "It's it is to no one's honor uh, to av- it, it's excuse me. It is to one's honor to avoid strife. But every fool is quick to quarrel. Don't hang around with foolish people who love the quarrel." Now, let me just stop for a minute because. We are being influenced in our world, not just by the people we hang around with, but by the media that we turn on or turn off. When you constantly listen to angry radio or TV, visit websites that are negative, that are uncivil and judgmental, it will influence you in a very negative way. And you'll know this because when you're watching it or listening to it or reading it, you're getting upset, you're getting angry, you're getting, you know, this is not helping you. And what you need to do is walk away from those things. I'm absolutely convinced that there is way, way, way too much of that going on in our lives negativity, anger, arguing. Also, avoid people who like to gossip. Proverbs 20, verse 19 says a gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. <laughs> That's the problem, you know. I love Proverbs has a lot of verses. Some of the verses say, "A man is seen as wise until he opens his mouth to talk." <laughs> Have you ever had that experience where you've you've got you've seen somebody and you say, "I wonder what that person's like," and then one of the one of the you know through you know, uh, 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 an event or something, you you actually are around that person and begin to talk, and either you go, "Wow, they're actually." they're actually amazing, or you go, wow, they're really negative. Wow, they're really vulgar. Wow, they're really, ooh, boy, you know. Uh, but then it's, you know, what I found, this is, this is what I love. I have been around people that people who would look would say, well, there's not much there. They're overlooked. They're underwhelming. And then you sit down and you have a conversation with them and you say, oh my goodness sakes, they are such deep and rich and positive and encouraging and powerful people, and they have been overlooked. You see, you have to be careful about who you choose to be your friends. Also, avoid people who are dishonest and morally challenged. Again, it doesn't mean that we, we separate ourselves and go into this monastery mode. We, go, we pull the wagons around. We go into our holy huddle. That's not what we're talking about. We'll have those acquaintances. We'll have those relationships. What we're talking about are our closer friends. And generally, you're talking two or three people, maybe, in your life. But notice what Proverbs 13, 20 says, "'Walk with wise and become wise.'" For a companion of fools suffers harm. Trouble pursues the sinner, but the righteous are rewarded with good things. Fill your close-at-hand relationships with VIPs, very important people. VIPs are people that when you sit down with them, they encourage you, they challenge you, they call you to the carpet, but they they do it in love. They speak the truth in love. They have have your best in in heart. They try their very best to speak the truth in love. They draw you out. They know you, and you know them. They reveal themselves. They're transparent. Those are the VIPs. You have a conversation with them, and you feel like you've been challenged, you've been lifted, you've been encouraged, you've been given love life. Then there's the VDPs, the very draining people. You get around them for about five minutes and you feel like you've just had a a vampire suck all the life out of you. I mean, you just feel like whoosh. (laughs) You have to keep those folks at an arm's length. You have to be careful about that. Uh, you know, it, it really is, it, it, it is important that because VDPs, very dependent, very draining people, will drain your life and they'll suck you dry. But the VIP people, the very important, the very uh, just, they refresh your life, they pour into your life. Find people who will challenge you, inspire you, and encourage you to be the best you. Somebody has said, and I love it, you can't soar like an eagle if you're continually hanging around with turkeys. (laughs) It doesn't work. All right, so where do you find these friendships? Where do you begin? Do we close the service out and say, shake hands with somebody? Maybe God's sovereignly placed that close friend next to you. Well, that would it's not bad to start and just shake hands and say, hey, hi, I'm such and such. Good to meet you. You may find common interests. You may find that God is working through that. But let me give you a better way to do it. Where do you find those VIP friendships? I think the best way to find those enriching and encouraging friendships is by being part of one of our life groups. You know, when you're meeting with somebody on a weekly basis... You get to know them. And it may be that you're in a group to 8 to 12 people, and one or two of those people maybe you say, you know what, we've got some common interests. Maybe we should go out for lunch. Maybe we should go out golfing. Maybe we should go out hunting. Maybe we should, we should do this. And all of a sudden now you've developed a relationship, and you, you're getting to know each other, and you're being transparent, and you're finding somebody who's pouring into your life, and you're pouring into their life, and you find this reciprocal friendship. We want as many people as possible to have those type of relationships. And we think they begin not as you sit in rows facing forward, but when you sit in circles facing one another. And it may be that you've, you've waited or you've not done, taken that step of getting involved in groups. And I understand that. You may be introverted and you say, well, that's tough. It's hard. It is hard. But here's the thing, it's necessary. So we had the groups, and the sign-up was like it ended last weekend. And we talked about it this week in staff meeting, and we said, you know what? Maybe we should, uh, maybe we should um, offer the the sign-up for a few more days. So we're going to do it a few more days. So if you say, well, you know, I want to take that step, you can either go online, or you can go to the connection center when you leave or let us know and we'll try to get you connected but i guarantee you that if you don't take the steps it's not going to happen and it's listen we all need these relationships way back in genesis god said it's not good for us to be alone we need those friendships we need those relationships and many of our family relationships are strained or they're far away Where are we going to find those relationships? So if you're interested, this is an opportunity. And let me ask you a question. Uh, All through the New Testament, you read these statements. We call them the one another statements. Let me give you a few of those. Scripture calls us to uh, love one another, to bear one another's burdens, to encourage and build one another up, to forgive one another, to serve one another, to be devoted to one another, to speak the truth to one another, to comfort one another, and to pray for one another. How in the world are you going to do that if you're not connected to a smaller group of people? Well, you know their names, they know your names, you're sharing prayer requests, and you're bearing their burdens, you're praying for them, and sometimes you're having to say, I'm sorry, please forgive me, I was wrong. And maintaining relationships. How are you doing that? How are you doing this on a regular basis? How are you being obedient to God as he calls the church the body of Christ, as he calls us to come together and to look out for one another and care for one another and love one another and and greet one another and be with one another? That doesn't take place on the weekend in a big group like this. It just doesn't. And it probably isn't going to happen online. It's going to happen when we get together And in a group setting, somebody shares a real burden in their life. And the group says, we need to stop and pray about that right now. And before that person leaves, they get a hug from probably every person in that group. And they know that they have people in their corner praying for them. Caring for them. Bearing their burdens. Loving them. That's why we think these groups are important. It helps us to be obedient to scripture, but it brings those relationships to a new level. And, and that's why we're pushing, 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 because we think it's important. Now maybe you're 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 here, you're listening right now, or you're online, or you're one of the campuses. You say, but what am I going to do now? What am I going to do today? Because I feel lonely right now. So we've only been talking on a horizontal level. We've only been talking about human relationship. God said it's not good for man to be alone. And it isn't. We need human contact. We need human relationships. But the third point of your outline is this. Remember the friend you already have. Jesus said to his disciples, I no longer call you my servants. I call you my friends. Jesus, Jesus says a number of things in, in the New Testament, and he says it to us. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you have given him your life because he gave his life to you, and you understand he lived the life you should have lived and died the death you should have died, and you realize you can't save yourselves, and you say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, I'm lost, and I realize you gave your life on the cross for me. You said, I love you this much. You gave your life for me, and you lived the life I should have lived. Now I give my life to you. This is what Jesus says to you. He says, I came to save you. I gave my life for you. He promises, he says, I will never leave you. He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. He knows you at your worst, and he still loves you. He knows your every thought. And he still loves you. You know, the, the thing about it is, you, you, you say, well, can I be transparent with Jesus? It's like, yeah, that's like kind of like that's already happening. Like he already knows. It's like you admitting that you struggle with something or you're, you're you know, all this. And Jesus going, oh, I didn't know that. It's like, yes, I already know that. Thank you for being honest with yourself. Jesus knows the worst about you, and he says, I will never, ever walk away from you. Listen, if I gave my life for you, why would I walk away from you? So my question is, have you ever invited Jesus to become your VIP? The Bible says, those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved have you invited jesus to come into your life to be your savior to be your friend now why is this important let me give you a couple of practical reasons why this is important you will become a better friend as you grow in your friendship with jesus as you grow in your relationship with jesus christ you will become a better friend let me give you three quick areas and we'll close with this number one You'll come to a place in a human relationship, a human friendship, where you'll say, I'm sorry, please forgive me, I was wrong. In other words, you will humble yourself because you realize he humbled himself for you. And you will say to yourself, If Jesus could humble himself, I can too. You will be a better friend because you will be willing to serve your friend even when they don't deserve it, because we have a friend who served us when we didn't deserve it. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You'll become a better friend because you'll stick with your friend even when they betray you, even when they do things that are wrong. You'll have to work through all that conflict, but you'll realize that Jesus did exactly that for you. Do you remember those three friends in the garden? Jesus, says, would you just pray for me right now? I'm going through a difficult time. And they fell asleep. Jesus never walked away from them. He never walked away from them. Now they had to deal with it. They had to deal with it. And when you realize that Jesus does that with you daily, you'll say, Of course I can forgive you. Of course I can stick with you even though you may have said things that hurt me you want to be if you want to have friends be a friend you want to have friends look in the right places it's it's hard work it's commitment it's a risk but you know what When you go through difficult times and you know that people have your back, are in your corner, are praying for you, changes everything. You don't have to be lonely. You don't have to be lonely. You could choose to do nothing, but you don't have to be lonely. Let's pray. Help us, Father, because this is very, very easy to talk about. It's very, very hard to do. It's risky. It's trial and error sometimes. But thank you, Father, that you've given us a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and his name is Jesus. And he promises to prepare a place for us, to always be with us, to never leave us. And even when we go through those dark valleys, he says, look for me. I'll be there so thank you father for that I pray that if there's anyone either in the the audience today or online or at one of our campuses and they've never called upon the Lord today would be the day that they would ask Jesus to become their VIP and it would be something simple like this Jesus I realize I'm a sinner I'm lost and without you I have no hope but I realize you came from heaven to earth you humbled yourself and gave your life for me. You died so that I could live. You took my sin. You took my punishment. You took the wrath that I should have gotten. You lived the life I should have lived. You, lived you died the death I should have died. And you rose on the third day. And so, Jesus, as you've given your life to me, and now I give my life to you. And I want to begin a journey with you, and I want you to become my best friend. Ever, help me as I begin this journey and father if anybody prayed that prayer I pray they'd let somebody else know maybe a friend maybe a Christian friend that could help them take the next steps in the relationship with Jesus Christ father help us to walk across the aisle to make friendships but help us to be friends good friends Because if more of us were good friends, we would find good friends. So help us in this pursuit, this important pursuit, as our world gets more connected but more lonely, help us to find those good, deep, growing, healthy, supportive relationships, friendships. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.